Welcome in to episode, what would this be, Joey? Episode five? Question mark? Four? Five? Of the Hoth Hangout podcast covering episode seven of Star Wars Andor. Before we hop into the episode, welcome. Welcome, as we just stated, welcome to the Hoth Hangout podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Joey. And uh, we're excited to talk about tonight's episode. But first of all, Joey. What's going on? What's new with you? What's new? Um, I can't shake this cold <laughs> I've been having for the past couple of days. I feel you. So I feel if you. I sound a little bit congested, that is the reason. I got my tea ready here, and I got my water as well. Stay hydrated, y'all, with my Mandalorian little glass there. There so, we go. Um, I, I'm rocking the coffee and water combo over here. So. Nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you we just stay hydrated. Might hear sniffles from from both of us on on each That's end right, of this yeah. pod. Hopefully, we will be able to contain it a little. But, bit. but luckily, we really do enjoy this, so we we have to continue on. And yes, keep, uh, keep these episodes rolling. The the love for uh, Star Wars is what keeps us rolling. Uh, speaking of a love for Star Wars, uh, I really enjoyed this episode. I don't know about you, yeah. but um, something we mentioned on I think last week's episode um, was we pointed out towards the end of the last pod how. The 7th and the 11th and 12th episodes of this first season of Andor, 12, of course, the 12 episodes being the entirety of the first season, um, the 7th, 11th, and 12th being the ones that are directed by the same director, uh, his name, Benjamin Karen. I can't honestly say I'm familiar with who that is or what his work <clears throat> is, um, mm-hmm. but judging they gave him the essentially the first episode of the second half of the season... Uh, as well as the the penultimate and and final episode of the season, I would assume that that means they've put you know relatively the most trust in him. Um, and I feel like that came across a lot in the episode. How did how did you feel about it? Because I I personally liked it. I felt like I was watching, um, the whole season. I guess has felt somewhat like a spy movie. But I really got like a especially that scene in the middle with the with the woman meeting Vel. I really got like mm-hmm. Jason Bourne vibes almost. How did yes. how did you feel about the episode? Yeah, I mean, you could tell that it was definitely directed by someone different mm-hmm. in this episode, which I really enjoyed. One of my favorite things about um, the Harry Potter series was h- how different directors took the stories on. Now that some of them got a little bit darker in some ways, um, but they all were able to tell the story, you know, for the most part, pretty well. Uh, I feel like this is one of those situations where you bring in a different director, see see Star Wars from a different uh, lens, and it comes off just 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 beautifully. And there was a lot of scenes where, um, you know, that they were just even like scenes of them just like kind of walking in a certain way, and how the camera would pan. Mm-hmm. You could tell that this was just a different. It felt like a different story, um, and. What we one thing that you and I have been talking about pretty much through all of this season is sometimes it didn't feel like Star Wars, how it feels like a spy movie or you know some type of mission, uh, gathering information or uh, planning. Yeah, this this definitely had that feel to it uh, for this episode. Yeah, I, I agree, and but I think the thing that it had going for it that that made it feel not entirely like the spy movie and still a hint of Star Wars. Was and I don't know how much of a directorial decision this was, but I feel like we got lots of cool Coruscant shots, um, which you know, as a Star Wars fan, you see Coruscant, you're like, oh, that's where we are. You know, I know what this right. is. Uh, so right. I, I, having said that, 
yes, it definitely gave you that espionage vibe almost the entire episode, um, yes. particularly with like the ramping up of of Mon Mothma's efforts and the realization of what Luthen has done. Um, but at the same time, lots of cool Coruscant shots this episode. Yeah, and you know, to, to keep it Star Wars, you know, you still got the shore troopers. You still have um, this kind of that presence that you saw over over uh, when you had that shot of Cinta. She sees the Star Destroyer fly over her. Mm-hmm. So there's a you know those elements of Star Wars that we're used to used to seeing and geeking out over. They they gave us that for you know that fan service, but also still keeping them up with that espionage Jason Bourne feel. Yeah. Yeah, a couple more elements that I think came up in this episode um, <laughs> as it relates to fan service, I guess. Um, one, we got not K2SO, but the same model of, or may, you know, maybe I, I, maybe that's not K2SO, maybe it becomes K2SO. I, I assume right. whoever K2SO, that specific unit model, I don't think was K2SO. Um, right, yes. But the same, I would agree. the same type of droid or, you know. Actually, I don't even know if I'm familiar with what that type of droid is called. Let us know if you're mm-hmm. uh, if you're watching this on YouTube. Let us know in the comments what's that type of droid called, the K2SO droid. Yeah, when I was when I was watching with the subtitles, I believe it, it was like an KX series or something. Okay. So I think that's the one of the official names for that droid. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, the so that was kind of a cool thing to see. Okay, okay. Um another big one, which I'll save for my third thing. The second one I was going to say was the I don't know what his rank. I, I probably said it somewhere in there in the show, um, and I wrote his name down here. Let me see if I can find it. It was essentially the commander uh, who comes in and gives this like big speech. Oh gosh! And now that I'm, is it your your Loran? Yes, yes, something like that. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, fun fact: that um, admiral. I don't. I don't know what his rank is. But he is actually in A New Hope in that scene in the boardroom where Darth Vader chokes uh, whoever that, that uh, the name of the other Imperial officer escapes me at the moment. Uh, so that was cool. And I didn't know that watching oh, off the bat. And so I did not know that. He, he looked familiar for, to me for some reason. Um, I, went, I will admit, I went to the Reddit after, <laughs> after watching the episode and I was like, oh, that's a cool yeah. Easter egg. Uh, yes, that is very cool. So that was that was the second one. I was like, okay, that's a little bit of maybe maybe not even fan service, like kind of a kind of a deep take that you really you wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have caught it if I wasn't, you know, on the yeah. on Reddit. <laughs> yeah, when because again, I, I I watch with subtitles just so I can get like you know the full text of every yeah. every line that they have. So I did see that that I I saw that um, person's name. And I wondered, I'm, I wondered if there was some type of correlation. So perfect, yeah, that is a, yeah. a good callback to the New Hope for sure. Yeah, so that was cool to see. And then the third one, which we can save this point of conversation for later if you want. Um, but this is the, I think, the first time we've heard mention of not just Emperor, but we heard Palpatine. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Have we have we had that yet in the show? I don't think so. I think this is the first time we've heard it. Right, which. Which to me, as a as a fan and a, a viewer of this show, is indicating we are going to probably see him at some point in this show, whether it's yes. like a speaking line or from afar. If he's you know they're going to show him from afar, like in the middle of a Senate meeting, um, who knows? I, I would assume we'll see him. Whether that happens in season one, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I wasn't necessarily fully expecting to see him in the show. So now that he's been name dropped, I'm like, okay, okay. I'm kind of looking right. forward to maybe like a like a like a even if we got a scene between like him and Mon Mothma, I would love something like that. Right. And you can't drop that name without coming through for everyone yeah. else. It's sort of I mean, especially especially yeah, it's just one of those names that you hear I know that name within Star Wars. <laughs> right. Exactly. I know that reference, that uh that one from uh yeah. Marvel. Um you can, yeah, you can't say the Emperor Palp you can't say Emperor Palpatine and not have him show up somewhere in the show, whether it is season one, season two, like you said. So yeah, not, I, I wasn't at all expecting and obviously with with the Empire he is the you know he he is the emperor so obviously that's we know that that's the case but to actually hear it explicitly in an episode you know that it's probably come to fruition at some point now right i mean that's if not that is the expectation that these people just put on <laughs> put on the show that we will be seeing the emperor yeah yeah so i i in mean some force. i'm looking okay. forward to that and you know i'm i was also wondering is he going to be if we do get to see him which i'm hopeful for um, I believe the actor's name is Ian McDermott, if, I, if I'm correct in that. Um, will, will he be played by Ian McDermott? I would assume so. I haven't seen any like film credits associated with him to, to Andor, or TV show credits, I guess, for, for the show. Um, has, is this something you think maybe they've been able to like keep under wraps? Because I think this is the same thing they did when it comes to Palpatine. I don't remember... Initially, upon the the launch or the release of the trailer of the ninth film, uh, or maybe it was prior to the trailer, because I can't recall if Palpatine was in that trailer or not. But I don't think people knew, you know, it, it, no one had any idea that Ian McDermott was going to be in the film until it was like actually announced. So you think that could be like a scenario here, and they've just been able to hide it and keep it under wraps really well? I I think that's what we've got here, um, and I, I'm here for it. I. I... Absolutely love that actor um, in that role. You know, it's so it's such an iconic role, and he's he's played it in so many different forms, whether it's on on film or in the animated series. Or so I to to have that come back. I mean, it just like I said, it just makes sense for the era that we're in. You know, whenever when they came out with these these shows like The Mandalorian now in, in Andor and other things, Obi Wan and all that, you you have certain expectations for these kind of these outliers that you'll you'll probably just see Andor and his and what he's doing or you'll see um you know you'll learn more about the Mandalorian but when they start and we mentioned this earlier in the in the, in our in our episodes uh when you see that crossover between different movies or shows or you know animated series uh come all together within a particular episode or within within a show, it just it makes it that much more fun for the fans to see all that come together. Yeah, and I hope we do fully see it come together with with a mm-hmm. with an appearance in the show. Speaking mm-hmm. of iconic roles, um, unrelated to Andor, I don't know if we talked about this last week or if this has been news within the past week. Um, sad to hear that James Earl Jones won't ever be um, taking on the mantle of Darth Vader again. Um, I can't. Yes. I can't recall if that news broke within the past seven days or not. But if it was, if it was, I think it was before. It was right before our last episode. I think. Okay. We uh we uh, recorded. So yeah. Side note. I guess I'm I'm kind of a you know, I, I was gonna say bittersweet moment, but I think it's just a bitter moment yeah. because I'm gonna miss. Bitter, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna miss him. Uh, I playing mean, how Darth I, Vader. How iconic. 
yeah how iconic is that voice to that to that role you know i mean yeah um you get shivers thinking about the first time you heard you heard vader um and james Earl jones was you know he was you know he was vader his voice is vader so to see that kind of go um go away now i think they they will still have some some source material from him um that they'll be continue to use going forward Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, it'll never be the same than having um, him in the studio playing those, uh, playing that uh, pivotal role uh, as Vader. Yeah, yeah. With how much like technology goes into this sort of thing, like the way that they were able to almost recreate Alec Guinness's voice using Ewan's mm-hmm. and like kind of just sound mixing, like I wouldn't be shocked if twenty years from now we're getting shows with Darth Vader in it, and it's just all still completely James Earl Jones' voice that they've like right, yeah. re modulated or whatever to to right to fit the scene or the character or whatever but yeah, yeah def- it's definitely uh definitely an end of an era for for that i mean you know unfortunately that's just how things go when you you know now he is a lot older i think he's in his 90s right now right is that right so, wow um, i think i think that's what he is i mean if i'm not mistaken i haven't so. seen maybe a, a video or picture of him in a while but from what i've most recently seen I, if he's 90 i feel like he's doing pretty good for 90 <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Let me. But I mean, that's got to be tough, you know, to be asked to play that role at the age of ninety. Like, I right. mean, you know, uh, kudos to him for for taking on the role. Gosh, most recently probably would have been, um, uh, huh? For for um, did he play? He played the voice in Obi Wan, no? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. So. That's if I'm just as recently as that. Yeah. If I'm 90 years old and still working in the profession that I started in 1977, that's yeah. that's a uh, that's pretty good in my that's book. A good career, yeah, that's a good career. Um, one other note, back uh, switching gears back to Andor. Um, so we were a little like unsure if, uh, particularly like Gorn or maybe even Terramin had were actually dead. Um, seems. Pretty evident they are now, like uh, yes. Vel and and the woman who she was speaking with, who I don't think we got her name, um, but they, I mean, pretty just blatantly are like, yeah, like Nimic. Uh, she's, yeah. The other woman says, yeah, I recruited Terramin myself, uh, yeah. Gorn, like, uh, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? In- indicating that they are not alive. <laughs> Around. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that that yeah puts a puts yeah you know the signs there their last rights there for uh, for those characters, but um, but nor you know we've seen it so many times where it's just you know you think someone's gone but they come back. Please uh, look up how how many times Darth Maul popped up in <laughs> he's in invincible, show. <laughs> right? You know, so it, I mean it's possible. You know, that's just what we're used to as fans. So. For us to question that, question that. I mean, I think that you know we could only do that. You know, Fennec Shand in mm-hmm. in Mandalorian as well. So I I think we could. Uh, I mean, we <laughs> we've learned our lessons from the past. So we 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 were just saying, yeah, there's a possibility, but yeah, it does sound like that they are no longer around. And the second half of that conversation, um, the woman basically telling Vel, Andor is a loose end. Uh, and also, like this is the first time Vel learns that his name is uh, Andor or Cassian Andor. Right. Um, basically, telling Vel, "Hey, you gotta take him out. He has too much information on on Luthen." Um, mm-hmm. The thing I'm curious to know is where Luthen stands in this regard. 
and by that I mean, is Luthen involved in giving that order? Or is this woman working outside the bounds of Luthen for like some larger... Um, I feel like she's somehow... Like, this lady's got to know Sog, is the vibe I got. Right, right. Um, Let's talk about that. I mean, they, they were referring to a he in that conversation. Yeah. Right? He, I was expecting him to be here. Mm. I mean, is that Saw? Is that who we're talking about here? That was who I assumed. Um, mm. or The only other person, because I think it, it's Vel who says that line, right? Or, mm -hmm. Yeah, like, he, I, I was expecting him to be here as well. And then the other one's like, well, neither of us should be here or something like right. that. Right, yeah. The other thought could be Luthen, mm -hmm. um, but I think it would make. Well, I don't know if it would make more sense if it was Saw. I could, I could see it being either, but I think it makes more sense if it was Saw. No, because like, is that that meeting was that meeting taking place on Coruscant or somewhere else? It seemed like it. I couldn't tell. I mean, I, there were, I believe, there were levels around it, and you know, Coruscant is very. Right. Um, it felt like she was walking no out of a subway it. station the first half of that scene yeah. or something like that. Right, exactly. So I, I think it was, I don't think it was absolutely clear or explicit where it actually, where this meeting was held. Yeah. So we still don't have a lot of like hierarchy knowledge when it comes to how this rebel faction is functioning. Um, mm -hmm. To what extent, it, it's clear, I think, at this point that Luthen is more. Um, not only daring when it comes to this this uh, rebel push, but also maybe even more involved and on the inside because he clearly knew about the Aldani attack and Mon Mothma clearly didn't. Um, mm -hmm. So it seems to me Luthen is somehow more towards the inside of all of this. Um, whether right. he is giving off or giving out the order um, on Cassian Andor I lean towards no, and I feel like that's coming from somewhere else, but that remains to be seen. I, honestly, I, I hadn't even really thought that that could be from Luthen himself, but now that you mention it, I mean, I, 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 would, throw, I would throw that name in the hat, too, as a possibility of uh, mm -hmm. who's actually putting in that order, because it seems like, you know, even with that conversation with Mon Mothma that he had, kind of ruthless as far as the lives that will be spent in order in order to uh push along this rebellion right so yeah um that that sentiment in itself i wouldn't surprise me that he would basically use cassian for you know what he's good for and then dispose of him afterwards so um i'm kind of getting i don't know if you feel that way with luthan now but i he's a little bit more cutthroat than i thought he was yeah for sure uh, originally um where he, it seemed like, you know, he was kind of this great leader and he would, you know, bring people together. Um, it seems like he, he is using people at the disposal of the, of the rebellion um, a little bit more uh, friver, or freely than I would have expected. Yeah, the, I mean, the source of moral conscience, if you want to call it that, and that dynamic is clearly not Luthen. Um, and it's, right. you know, Mon Mothma, who's like, we're going to lose innocent lives. And like you said, Luthen's like, yeah <laughs> so <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah that, this is this is and even the way by the way i did really love that scene between luthan and mon mothma um just a great uh great scene for the two of them to really see that division of you know where each of them stood on the spectrum of the rebellion because i mean that's really what it is how far uh to each side they they end up being 
and uh yeah and it, it was pretty clear where each of them stood at the end of it where um Mon Mothma was a little bit more political you know try to try to work that that angle uh and uh Luthen is more about that action right and 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 if it does take you know people to do that you know when i say people i mean the lives of people uh he has no issues around that yeah and now almost mon mothman feels like she's almost double downed on it and in, in that she was already she was already for this cause but now she's like in so deep that she almost can't she's like begrudgingly going along with the fact that like people probably are going to die with whatever this intended plan that mm-hmm. luthan has um and i mm-hmm. think like the coming to fruition of that is her conversation with uh with her childhood friend um Tay Colma. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I, I really enjoyed that scene too. Yeah. Um, I did as well. Kind of a fun dynamic. There was a quote, I believe I wrote it down here. Um uh, yeah, toward towards more of the beginning of the scene, um, which I think was an in, a good indicator to Mon Matha that she could trust her childhood friend. Um Tay says that his politics might be a bit strong for her taste. And right. so, you know, then the scene progresses. Um, she says that basically like the Mon Mothma that is known as this public figure is not the real Mon Mothma. She's almost wearing this mask. Um, and then to, to conclude the scene, right, I guess before her, her husband walks back up, who, by the way, let me come back to that as well. Um, but she she says the same thing in response to her childhood friend Tay that uh, her politics might be a bit too strong for his taste. Yes, right. Which I thought yeah. was a fun I, a fun way to tie that she in. She is she is such a good actress. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! I mean, you know, with the the role that you know Monomotham played in the you know original uh, trilogy, uh, you could see that there was a woman of power. But to to see it in action here. It's it's incredible because uh, to see the 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 web that she weaves or whatever the staying is and being able to uh, manipulate and uh, navigate through the empire, uh, it all, all this and at the same time you know getting through what she needs to do. So I mean she's putting up this facade, facade and she's she's putting up this face uh, just so she could uh, be seen in in public. But also have you know have the ability to you know start this rebellion essentially you know that's kind of where and that's what's cool about this episode this episode really is it feels like this is the beginning this is yeah the beginning of when it all starts yeah and it's exciting to see it from that angle yeah for sure in many ways episode one through six while especially the last two episodes were exciting particularly the sixth episode um. It all, like you said, kind of felt like a prologue to the real beginning of the rebellion, which is, I think, what the mm-hmm. like you said, this episode is is uh kind of kicking off, and 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 coming back to uh, her husband, whose name, um, Karin, no, Perrin, 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 Perrin yes, yeah. um, Perrin, um, she she is clearly much more trusting of her childhood friend, that Tay and, and Luthen for that matter. Than, yeah. uh, than her husband, Perrin, which right. that line and that scene alone gave me a sense that there's going to be a point either in this season or the rest of the show where her husband is forced to make a choice mm-hmm. 
and I, I just from the from the tone, I think he's gonna end up choosing the Empire somehow over right. her. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the vibe I, I got from the conclusion of that scene. Right. I mean, I, I the fact that, like you said, he, uh, she just basically said like he doesn't know of this or anything or whatever it was that he, she said yeah, to she, she says he can't be trusted. He can't be trusted, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty, that's a line, you know, that is drawing the line of where um, the trust is and who you and who who is able to be part of this rebellion and he is not one of these people and whether it's uh and you know you've you even in the opening scene when you saw them together for the first time a couple of episodes back uh you could tell that there was just a divide between them anyway yeah. you know you wonder if that's just you know marital stuff or whatever but it looks like there may be a political line as well um as far as you know her her trust in him is just not there obviously so i i i, I wouldn't be surprised also that there would there is some type of decision whether it is him or her or the daughter for that sake you know, for that matter um in in the deciding whether to go or go with or go against the rebellion mm. um had a thought for you mm-hmm. uh i had a quick fun idea uh, two of these names we've we've kind of covered already. Two of them we haven't. I, I figured I'd give you four names, characters from the show, who there are storylines. This episode in particular felt like it was a lot um, wider, or like the scope of the episode felt wider in the sense that, like, comparing it to the previous episode, like the whole episode was like, this is the attack, this is the plan. This is how we're like getting it done. This is mm-hmm. what we're doing to, you know, make this happen. And it felt very not not narrow-sighted in the, in a negative sense, but like, you know, they were going towards this goal the entire episode it felt like. This episode was like we got this storyline going on, we got that one going on. We're yeah. learning more about this character and getting introduced to this character. Um and so with that, I'm going to give you four names. And I want you to rank them in order from one to four. And, and maybe after we rank, we can go over the two names we haven't talked about yet. Okay. Uh, but the four names whose storylines you care about the most, one being you care the most, four being you care okay. the least. Um, we've got Andor. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's an obvious one. Uh, Mon Mothma. And I'm going to almost lump Luthen into that, but, but mainly okay. Mon Mothma for the sake of this game. Uh, Karn. <laughs> Okay. Which we haven't talked about yet is is one of those two, um, and then additionally Miro, which this was okay. probably the most Miro we've gotten yeah in any episode, maybe similar mm-hmm. to one of those early um, early season episodes. But those mm-hmm. are the the four characters I, I thought I, we could uh, we could rank. Right. I mean, uh, from who I care about the most to the least. Is that what the, the ranking? Yeah. Is for? Yeah. Not, not, not even about the character, mainly like the storyline of yeah, the yeah, character. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, honestly, I'm going with Mon Mothma first at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, she's really stealing the show at this point for me. Yes. Uh, I, I would agree because, with you because, um, I didn't know, you know, you knew that her involvement was very big in the beginning of the rebellion, but, to, to kind of see it now on on TV on a series like this, I mean, honestly, you could have named this Mon Mothma a series, and I would have watched it probably even better. <laughs> Excuse me. 
Um, but yeah, I think Mon Mothma uh, is probably the the, the storyline that I'm right now most invested in. I guess that's probably the best way to put it. I think um, I think this episode is what put her at number one over Andor for me because I would have absolutely. I would have Cassian probably at my number two. Um, although I I have to say I haven't been super enthused with Miro this this season or the, during the whole show. Um, this episode did a lot for me in terms of my likability of her. So mm-hmm. I don't think she is as distant of a number three to Cassian as I mm-hmm. would have thought last week. Yeah, I would agree with that rankings basically putting Karn at fourth. But back to Miro. <laughs> I mean, poor Karn. Back, poor Karn just getting shafted every time. So, um, but back to Miro. I mean, the the struggle that she has had with the ISB at this point, you know, kind of getting the the finger, you know, the, the finger wagging, like, oh, don't do that, or um, with Blevins, the other uh, inspector, or uh, what are they called? I'm uh, not inspector. Uh, I have to remember what the name of it is, but, but um, the other the other officer, I'll just call him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not, um, it's not Admiral. It's, is it Captain? The, sir, no, it's like, it begins with an S, I think. I can't remember the name of it, but... um the that that dynamic of you know him basically calling her out on something and then you know her proving her point saying like listen this is what i'm seeing these are the patterns i'm seeing and then ultimately she gets to go go ahead and she is actually going to be in charge of uh that uh ferrix right is that where she's going to be in charge of now yes uh, yes yeah so she she is now in charge of that uh that planet uh again that's where uh andor was uh, when they were trying to to find him originally, so I think that that was uh, a huge step for her, and you you really do want to see what happens, um, kind of with her story now, um, yeah, because she she is, and I did like the, you know, kind of going back to Karn because that's kind of that's where the the show opened up with Karn and his story. Uh, once again, getting berated by his mother <laughs> about um, just whatever she could find. And, and at this time, she chose to pick on what he was wearing. And uh, it started, you know, I guess he was wearing a high-collar outfit. And uh, she said, what did she say here? She said it was, um, you, you're seeking approval, essentially. Um, but I don't know if you noticed, like, the scene right after that is Miro getting ready in her high-collar outfit um yeah also probably doing that same thing you know in her world as well so i just thought that was a you know obviously that's a directorial decision there to to kind of see like well this is what she's trying to do in her life as well so i you know i just um i appreciated that little (laughs) little little uh decision there to to do that um but going now going to karn i mean is he just the most corporate you know like it looks like a bunch of cubicles in an office space now that he's yeah. in, you know, and it, it's kind of depressing. And you're just like, where, where do you go? I mean, let's remember back season. I mean, episode one through three, this was the guy yeah. that we were worried about. You we, know, we thought he was going to be the main villain of the show. Mm-hmm. And and to see him fall so far, I, I don't. I mean, the only the only reason I'd want him around now is he's with the rebellion. You know that that would be the only. You know, for him to come up back to the Empire, it just doesn't seem like that would be the um, something that's enjoyable for me for his character. I mean, he'd have to come through and somehow be part of the Rebellion at this point because it's just, 
it's just like okay well you you got you you helped out the empire only to get axed by you know axed by them and then to to come back to them you know it just it's you know it doesn't seem like something that it would be interesting at all yeah i just i have to think that somewhere out there there's an alternate script for this show where karn <laughs> is like somehow on his own journey of finding himself where he's slowly inching closer and closer towards the rebellion because to be honest with you like if he joined the rebel rebellion next episode I, I wouldn't even care that much. Like, I feel like they've lost right, right. me on his character, honestly. We, yeah, are, yeah. we are more than halfway through this season. And the past, what, four episodes, all that he's done is, like, A, wasn't even in one of the episodes. Or if he was, he didn't have a speaking line. Um, right. The next episode, he, like, ate cereal at his mother's house while she complained right. about him. And then she continues right. to complain about him. I don't think he was in last week's episode, was he? I don't believe he was no. And then, and then this episode just—it's more complaining. Like uh, he he gets like like why, why at this point? Why do I care about Karn as a character? Like right. you know if because like they can change his character. He can he can go to the rebel side, which I think is probably mm -hmm. what they'll do with his character. I just right. feel like you you've used so much of his um his his time his time in the show as filler. So now that I'm right. like, well, I don't really care what they do with this character, you know? Right, yeah. I mean, it's it's unfortunate because they came out guns blazing with him too. So um, to kind of see you halfway through the season, he's not in the a handful, you know, a couple of those episodes too. Yeah, I, I I'm not quite sure what they're what they're planning here. So if 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 there's any criticisms I have with the decisions of the show, I think he is one of them for sure. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I think the direction. I mean, at this at this point, we'll say at this point, obviously, because yeah, and you know, maybe maybe he makes like a huge decision at the end of this season, and then he's like one of the major protagonists with Andor next season. Um, fine, that's uh, that would be great. I, maybe that would get me back on the Karn train, back on the Karn bandwagon. Uh, yeah, but I just, I really think it would have to be something big for me to like care about the character if i'm being honest you're right you're right and it's i don't know i it's so it's very weird because he has that he had like such a perfect imperial face you know what i'm saying like like he you know just the way he he's you know held himself in high regard you know he kind of looked down at other people it seemed like this was the guy but uh to Flip it on its end here, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not even. I wouldn't even say that I'm interested in to see where they go with him. It's, it's more just like, okay, this dude again. That's that's yeah. basically what it is. Whenever like, I see him at this point, like you would almost rather episode seven. Which, by the way, did you think the ending was kind of odd? Ending with him just like sitting there in the cubicle. So, I thought the whole. I mean, I understand. So I forget the name of the whatever beach resort island that they were on. Oh, it's a. <laughs> um, uh... It's. I wrote that one down here as well. Naomis. Naomis. Yeah. N i a m o s. Yeah. So he is now. Now Cassian has got a new name now, named Keith. I believe is that yes. the name. Yes. Yes. Now, which reminds me a ton of the uh, Carl Weathers, um, character in the Mandalorian. I think his name was Grief Karga. So. Oh. Huh. <laughs> and I think. And I think it. I think Cassian's name is Keith. And I believe it begins with a G, Gargis or something like that. Anyway, um, I kind of, 
I, as as good as the episode was, up until he was at this, you know, beach island or whatever, uh, or um, planet, it I felt dis like kind of kind of disjointed all of a sudden. Like when that scene came in. Oh, that was and... what I was gonna ask you. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think it was super clear. I assume that was continuation of time. But the first couple minutes of that scene, I wasn't even. I thought, is this a flashback? I I didn't know if it was necessarily a jump forward in time because I don't even think they showed him traveling from his right. home planet mm-hmm. to that planet. Yeah, there was there was no indication of where it was in time, so I was very um, confused when that came in, and j- just the way he acted with. With the short trooper that stopped him, that yeah. was kind of confusing. Super weird. Um, it, it it didn't seem like Cassian. It didn't, you know. Yeah. That that, and so I guess that's a good point. We don't know where this is in time. So the reason I um, thought it might be back in time was because we know from the previous six episodes, um, from his conversations, um, with uh, why is his name escaping me all of a sudden? Uh, the guy who tried to like take the money with him. Oh my gosh. Um, oh, Skeen? Skeen, Skeen. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, from his conversations with Skeen, like they both have a prison background, and you know, right. we saw how that in that uh, that scene ended with with him going in front of this like really mm-hmm. uh, unjust legal system right, on right. this planet of like, up, right. oh, yep, here's all these six false years, charges. Yeah. Go to prison for six years. <laughs> it's like what? Mm-hmm. Um, right, right, right. So either this is current timeline, and he finds a way out, and then inevitably joins the rebellion fully um or this is like previously and this is showcasing his time in prison i didn't Mm -hmm. get the sense that it like overtly that it was a flashback right Um, but that thought was running through my mind the whole time i think the the only indication of to me that it would be currently in time right after everything had happened was because of the sentencing if you remember in the beginning of the episode, um, Yuralan was the one that was delivering, you know, the information to all the other officers saying that, you know, these punishments are going to be, you know, way more severe for anybody who's anti-Empire. Right. And, um, and I believe one of his charges was like some anti-empirical like um, actions or something like that or uh, speaking against the Empire or something like that. Um, so it, it, because of that, and, and the judge even says, you know, if this was a little bit ago, this was a three month or six right. month sentence, whatever. Yeah. Now, now here's six years. So that that's where that's where I would think that it was. This is what is happening right now. Sure. You know? Yeah, I think that's a good point. It probably is present yeah. day. But I mean, going back to to just kind of the flow of the entire show up until that point was it had me. Um, but then when we got to that scene where he was you know, essentially getting ready to go to the store. And I think he, did he have like a box or something that did they have credits in there? I, I'm guessing that's what it was looking like uh, inside of that uh, container that he had in the bathroom there. Um, and then he goes to the store and you see a bunch of like, you know, what you presume to be rebels or somebody or running away from looks like short troopers as well. Mm. Um, just that whole it just felt really off to me in yeah. comparison to the rest of the discombobulated it seemed like a different yeah it seemed like a different episode almost you know so i didn't particularly enjoy that and then to end it off with karn i'm like 
okay, what? You know, like what? What am I? You know, so it it, it definitely took a left turn for me there at the end. I mean, like I said, up until that point, I loved the conversations that were had between Luthen and Mon Mothma, uh, between uh, Mon Mothma and Tay. And uh, just you know, you know, and 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 we got Bix back too for a little bit, you know. So yes. I mean, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But I mean, so up until up until that point, I was really all in for this episode, and then it kind of got just weird. So, and it it kind of it, it took me out of the episode a little bit. I'll be honest, mm-hmm. because I'm just like I I don't understand this at all. This has no, this has nothing. I, I'm confused, you know. So, um, I don't like how they ended it. I guess is what I'm saying here. Yeah, I think it's even more evident when particularly how much we were in... Uh, me, personally, I think you're the same. We're enjoying the Mon Mothma stuff. Um, to have something that is, obvi- you know, not Mon Mothma, and not only that, but also kind of jarring, like, like what's right. what's happening right now? <laughs> right, right. Um, a little right. bit of that, like you said, is Karn just being, like, a lack of care for his story at this point. Um, he right. like by the way the Bureau of Standards, like what a bo- yeah. what a boring name for an organization. It was his his uh Department Fuel Purity. Fuel. Oh Jesus! Yeah, like it's like can you have you seen oh um God. have you seen the Apple TV show um Severance? Severance. Yes. I feel I felt like I was watching an episode of Severance. Like right, yeah, just this boring work atmosphere where it's like, all right, this is your job now, like. Here's this yeah, cubicle right. for around your life. Yeah, a million other yeah, people and, in cubicles for the rest of your whoever, life. Who, yeah, whoever was walking him around there, he was talking about like, oh, the lifetime employees or like the lifers, basically. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, this is this is stuff that I talk about at my job. I don't want to see this in my Star Wars stuff. Okay, I just, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to escape that. I don't need more of it. You know. Not only is his is his character boring, but now they've placed his character in a boring occupation <laughs> yeah yeah i i hope i um, hope we get some redemption for his character but i they've they've almost lost me a hundred percent yeah uh, I, but but somebody who has as i mentioned earlier has showed up again as bix though so yep what, what were your thoughts on on her return here well on my uh notes i wrote two things in caps one of them was palpatine and the other one was bix <laughs> I think mainly because yes. we've been talking about um I think episode three was the last episode we had with Bix, yep. if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about for uh those those that second half. I think we talked about last episode how this show almost feels like it's in trilogies so far. Yeah, little art little three episode arcs. Yeah. Um that second three episode arc, Bix might as well not even have existed in the universe. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're like, where is she? Like, well, you know, she's not a part of this. We get to see her again this episode. So that was cool. Um, wasn't quite the reunion I, I think we were expecting. Um, right. Seemed a little bit more um, volatile towards Cassian than, than would have anticipated. I don't know. What you right. what'd you think? Um, I, I felt the same way. I really wanted, I think we both wanted her to be all in now. Yeah, with the rebellion. But to be fair, and, I don't like Cassian's not all in either. So right, the show's right, just right, slow yeah. paced in that sense. Right. Yeah. So I, I think I'm a little worried at this point because of I mean because the way they wrote her into this episode, that actually could be it for her. <laughs> you know, 
This yeah. would, this could actually be the end, you know, in in my eyes that that could just be like you know, you know, our our city was, you know, um taken over by the empire because of you. And mm-hmm. this is your fault and whatever. So and and you know, Tim died because of this and you know all this other thing, all these things. And that could be that legitimately could be it for her, you know. Whereas uh uh Marva, is that her name? Yeah, Marva. Yeah. yeah. Where you could see that she is all in on this rebellion, you know, right. um, kind of the, the opposite side of, of, of the coin here. Uh, I mean, obviously she's seen a lot of stuff in her life and she no longer wants to be a part of it. Um, and she wants to stand up, stand up for herself and all the people around her. And we do find out where um, the name Clem comes from as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when he, when he comes up with that name for uh, uh, as part of the mission, Apparently, there was actually a person named Clem that uh, was he used to run with uh, there uh, on on Ferrix, and uh, apparently did not make it because of the Empire. Yeah, and we find out from I think it's Marva who says it uh, that I guess his body was, and I don't know if this was because we saw a scene where you know the stormtroopers were pointing their weapons at, at him as he tried to calm down the crowd. Um, we don't know if he was shot, and then. Marva, mm-hmm. you know, states that he he was hanging in the square. Um, right. So, you know, clearly, Clem, the naming of Clem uh, that Cassian took on for that mission was inspired by this person who it remains to be seen how well he knew, but we would assume he knew this person pretty well. Um, right. Just based off that scene alone. Mm-hmm. And then another yeah, thing... That... Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying, yeah, I think I, the, the fact that he... I, he chose. To, I I look at it. He chose to honor Clem, um, using his name for that mission, um, because he knew that, you know, this was against the Empire, and this is, you know, essentially the the death of Clem. You know, looks like it was because of the Empire. So I, I believe he chose that name for that reason. Yeah, and and it almost rec- retroactively adds more incentive or purpose to that mission. Um gives him more of a reason in the long run to go along with the rebellion. Um, and, you know, those those three episodes, it seemed like he was really in it for the money. But I think there's a pretty big piece of Cassian, that, a lot of which we got to see in this episode with, with Clem, maybe, um, mm-hmm. e- even if it was indirect, that his purpose for being on that mission... I don't think was as motivated by money as we were initially led to believe. Right. right. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say that came out of the big scene, um, and I don't think this was previously known information, was that Tim was also the one to turn Andor in. Um, I remember there being a line where she mentions that, and I didn't know if that was referring to back when Andor was on Ferrix. Or if that was in reference, because he's he's been he's been dead. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Who Tim? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, wasn't that the whole reason they were there? The the Empire was because Tim kind of sold him out. That I thought that's what it was. That was I. I was a little confused on the understanding. If I'm being honest, oh, okay. Because she said, so uh, Bix says, Tim. Like Tim is the one who turned you in. She's talking to Andor, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
and I was confused if that uh, that was referring to him killing those two Imperials, no? Or the two security guards or whatever organization yeah, they were. Yeah, for. yeah, yeah. Okay. I believe that's right, yes. Okay. I was just wanting to clear that because I I thought she was talking about the raid for a second and then I was like, wait, isn't isn't oh, Tim yeah, not the raid. Isn't Tim dead? So I was like, how could yeah, he have right, reported? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, not the raid. Yeah. In 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 regards to those, right. those two corpos that were killed, right? Right. So yeah, I was I think that adds even more maybe not confusion, but like I, yeah. I, I was hoping Bix would be more welcoming to Cassian. Um, right. But to what you were talking about earlier, how they left the episode on a note of where they could just say like, okay, no more Bix. I feel like they could, but I think the direction that we'll see, I think Bix is going to be a big part of the second season of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a good setup for that, yes. I, I just I see her and Andor coming to this point where they are like, um, kind of like how Marva is in this episode, like all in, willing to do anything for the yeah. cause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And whether that is, you know, I I, I don't see Marva making it to the end of this season. I, I hope I'm wrong because I, I like her as a character a lot. Yeah, um, right. And, and her droid too, whatever whatever the droids. Yeah, yeah. Be, be too emo or whatever it was. The, yeah, yeah, the stuttering droid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think Marva... If I was just throwing theories out there, um, I feel like she is probably going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back for Cassian. Uh, mm-hmm. And ultimately the reason okay. I think he fully commits to the okay. to, to the cause. Yeah, right. I think, yeah, that's actually a great point. Yeah, I mean, you could see the respect and the love between them. I mean, they, they outright say it. In yeah. the scene between the two of them. Yeah, she says, I've um, never loved anyone or anything the way I love you or something along those lines. Yeah, and I've never fretted about anything also. So, yeah, that's a, probably a great point. You know, when whenever you have these hero stories, there's always one thing that happens that makes them tip over finally to to do what's right or to, to make their decision for them. And that it appear, And if that is the case, then, yeah, that would be a that would make sense in, in this case. Yeah. The other um, important uh, conversation that we got from this episode regarding Marva and Cassian uh, was in reference. It was very brief, but it was in reference to Cassian's sister. Yes. I think Mm -hmm. she maybe even uses the word fantasy. Does that sound right? Mm -hmm. Um, She says, yeah, I wrote it down here. She says, searching for your sister is a fantasy. Um. So, you know, we got all this stuff at the very, very beginning of the show leading us to believe that somehow Cassian would have to go on this mission to locate or find his sister. In fact, that's, I think, the first on-scene appearance we we have of him mm-hmm. at the beginning of the, I think it's episode one, where he's saying, you know, he's, he's, he's in a cantina or a bar or somewhere, and he's asking people questions about his sister or, and her location. Right. Um. I, I we haven't gotten a ton of clarity in regards to kind of where that storyline is headed, but at in, all, yeah, no. an interesting point Marva kind of just throws out there, like don't go chasing after it's a fantasy, makes me think that she's probably, um, she's probably 
lying, but she's probably doing it for a good reason is the vibe I got from that. Right. Kind of protecting him with the, from the truth, essentially. Yeah. And, and what that full truth is, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't even like right. think of something that would be, you know, maybe she like, I don't know, works for the empire or something. I, right. I, that, that, that would, that was where I was going actually. Yeah. That, yeah. I don't, I don't know because what worst thing at this point, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen right now? You know, if he's in the middle of, you know, at the beginning stages of, you know, joining the rebellion only to find out that she is part of the empire in some capacity, you know? So, um, I don't know if they'll go that route, but I think that's probably a, a good guess. Yeah. And and actually the timeline almost adds up for if she was somehow like abducted by the Empire. Um, because I think Marva yeah. says she's been fighting this cause for like thirteen years or something. Mm-hmm. I think it is thirteen that she says, which almost lines up, I think, with like if if the Empire like took her, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're I don't know, training her, maybe she's an officer, I don't know what the case right, is. Yeah. Big, big uh, plot twist. She's a Sith Lord. No. <laughs> oh, we knew it. Finally. She's actually a Saj Ventress. We, we knew she they were going to throw some lightsabers yeah. in this show somewhere. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. That's actually a fun question for you. Uh, in any season one or two, do you think we see a lightsaber in this show? I, I lean no, heavy no. I would say no. I yeah. would say no. I think the. Um, I, it would almost be like, our, we, we need to take that away you know what i mean like this has to be its own thing yeah. you know this this side of star wars has to have its own little takes away contained from area with away from jedi away from sith away from lightsabers the force all of that um because it just makes it you know it makes it more pure because it's like its own story you know yeah when you throw in too many cameos and stuff like that you're like oh this might be you know you, you you just wanted to figure out a way to get Luke in there or something, you know. Yeah. Um, but with 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 uh with this, I I think it would be better if they did not do it that way. Yeah, and and going circling back to the Palpatine thing, that that's kind of the line they have to toe with if they choose to incorporate yes. him in. Um, mm-hmm. you know, how much is too much? How much is just enough? If any, um, maybe right, you know, right. like maybe maybe he doesn't have a speaking line. And it's just from afar. I right, would yeah. I would like to see personally and you know obviously if if we're a Star Wars fan you're going to probably feel this way but I I would like to see a scene with the emperor and mon mothma mm-hmm. um I think it'd be kind of cool to 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 see that personally Yeah because I mean to to see how she has to navigate through that conversation now um obviously with the emperor having, you know, force abilities and being able to figure things out with other people, um, and or be able to manipulate entire sentence to do so. Um, I would love to see that um, interaction with the two of them. Mm. Um, any any other thoughts on Mon Mothma in particular? I had another question in uh, regarding Vel. Uh, nothing with Mon Mothma, but yeah, what do you got with Vel? So, I feel like Vel, um, we have been led to believe, I think for good reason, because this is how I see her as a character, that she does have this moral sense of goodness and, you know, right and wrong. Um, she has now been assigned with a mission, which 
probably runs contrary to her conscience, you know, mm -hmm. um, killing this, this person who helps on their mission. Um, obviously, you know, kind of robbed her at gunpoint at the, in the end, yeah, but right. so there is a bit of maybe bitterness in that relationship, but, um, you know, he doesn't kill her and he, you know, he doesn't do harm to her. Uh, and now she's being asked to hunt him down and kill him, uh, simply because he has information that he could, uh, share with, with, uh, with the wrong people potentially. I am interested to see what Vel's direction goes. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I, I, I feel like her and, and Cassian, uh, they end up seeing pretty eye to eye. I feel like by the end of this season. Yeah, I agree with that. I, the, you know, when we were over the last th the three episodes prior to this one, you kind of you saw her true colors and who she really was. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, at first you thought you know she was this leader, this kind of brute leader. Um, that even even you know Luthen when introducing them, the two of them, he was a little bit like, oh, be careful with her. You know, kind of giving him a warning. Assuming that, you know, she was kind of this, you know, really uh, kind of brute force to be reckoned with. But you saw her vulnerabilities over time. You saw that, you know, she got a little scared at some point. She got a little bit worried about, you know, making that go, no-go call. Remember when um, they were ready to start up the mission. So you saw her real, you know, her her true self. So, uh, And one thing we discussed in the last episode was, you know, we don't know the history of all, a lot of these people that they're bringing a part of this rebellion, a part of this mission, or, you know, in, in, you know, future missions. They may not have the military background in order to be able to pull off things like this. Um, but yeah, so if you're not in that mindset, then yeah, you're going to have these moral issues that you will come across. And um, yeah, and I agree that we will see where her, her allegiances will be if it is truly with this rebellion or whoever is, you know, essentially telling her to you know find find andor and hunt him down or if she'll you know like you said side with andor i i think her her role has gotten much more important all of a sudden um where mm -hmm. you know before you almost thought like all right you have this mission and after the mission she'll be done and she'll be gone you know um but it looks like they're going to carry on with her role at least to um to see you know because there's going to be some type their paths are going to cross again so we'll see what uh, what happens in in that case? Yeah, and and to the show's credit, um, you know, I think it was pretty easy to, especially during like episodes four or five of the season, <laughs> it was pretty easy to complain about the slowness of the episode, of the episodes or the the show in general. Uh, but ultimately, it is the the uh, the lack of knowledge that we are uh, let in on that the show. Uh, you know, shows us or portrays to us that keeps us coming back even when the episodes don't feel, um, as we've stated previously, like dopamine fulfilling. Right. Um, I feel like there wasn't a scene in this episode where it was like, oh, whoa, yeah, you know right, what I mean? Right. But right. I, I found myself enjoying the episode probably more than, I mean, the Aldani. The other ones, yeah. The Aldani episode was fun. Like I, I liked it a lot, um, and you know it, it's it's pretty easy to put that as number one just because of the action. Yeah, but right. I, I I felt like episode seven might have well okay almost my favorite 
If Karn is not in this episode, <laughs> it might be it might. my number one. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, right. No, I agree with that. But but back and to considering considering no true action has happened. Yes. Right. Back to I mean, basically what I'm trying to say is that even when an episode doesn't give us um, a ton of action, like it's still it's still fun to watch because the intrigue of why are they doing this or what is the motivations for that or what is this person's role within this organization and maybe most of all what is this person's motivation for doing the things they're doing um mm -hmm. that i feel like because we don't have that information about so many characters like miro um to an extent mon mothma although i feel like we have a better idea about her yes definitely luthan i think is one of those characters mm -hmm. um and and then Vel is going to be tested in that sense, and and uh, obviously Cassie, and so that that mm -hmm. is what keeps me coming back to the show is is the uh, the constant examining of these characters' decision making uh, in regards to what is right, what is wrong, and what are the motivations for for that uh, course or that route that they choose to take. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah, I, I think this this is a great episode to start off this if they are sticking with the three episode arc um formula that they've been doing. Mm -hmm. I think this is a great like launching point um going into the next couple episodes. Um because it really does set up, you know, a couple of things, you know, who is this he that they're talking about with Vel? Actually, and who is even that woman that, that Vel met with? So yeah. there's that. Um You've got, you know, Andor now in prison. You've got um, Mon Mothra now trying to, uh, you know, now she's kind of, she's got the wheels in motion now with uh, her friend Tay, her childhood friend Tay, to get some more money out of her, her accounts so she could help fund the rebellion. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's definitely now that we we know um, motivations. Now we know. We know the end game. We we've seen it. We've seen the movies. We know how it gets there. But now to to see the beginning of it, like I said, this truly feels like the beginning of the rebellion. This this is where it all starts. Um, and I wasn't really expecting that when um when watching this this series at all. But uh, it truly feels like this is where we're headed. Yeah, yeah. I'm I came away from the episode, you know, loving uh loving the episode as a whole and. And feeling excited for the rest of the show. Worth noting, though, um, as we mentioned earlier, eight, nine, and ten episodes. This one, of course, being seven, uh, are directed by the same director. However, um, episode seven is not directed by the same director as eight, nine, and ten. Right. Uh, Benjamin Karen directing seven, eleven, and twelve, and Toby Haynes directing eight, nine, and ten. Uh, do you think the jump into the next episode is going to be? At, in any way jarring because of the change in directors? I think it might be. Uh, you could tell the style of this episode seemed different from the other ones. Yeah, I loved it. So, I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I very much enjoyed it. But now to go, and I don't know if it's a previous director that is doing these next episodes. Yeah, from so the it's the same guy six. who directed one, two, and three. Okay, so, so you kind of know what to expect there. So I think that we're going to see the difference in in the director and i'm not sure if i'll like that or not i i really enjoyed this style yeah um, but 
to because even like some of the shots like some of the shots of the conversation between Vel and that woman um it, you know you could tell that it was a directorial choice of you know kind of having it off centered you know like you know and just just like little things like that that you could you could point out um so yeah i think it probably will be jarring i mean i think we'll be fine getting through it obviously it's star wars but um but yeah i really did enjoy this this episode for the director's choices having said that if you were to grade the episode <laughs> uh having enjoyed yeah. it what grade would you give it i've already i've got mine locked in already yeah um i'm gonna give it a i want to give it i'm gonna give it a b plus this is why that ending <laughs> the ending really took me it really spun me out a little bit because like I said, from from up until the point before the beach scene or whatever, I was completely on board with everything in the show. I, I loved all the acting. I loved the, the lines. I loved the way it was shot, everything. But then it just took it took me out of the show almost, the, the, how it ended, because Cassian wasn't Cassian when he was uh, approached by the short trooper. I mean, I understand, but it, it still, oh, you I'm... know... To have, yeah, you know, you were used to having this person that would fight back, at very least, or run or something, but he essentially just gets caught, you know. Um, so that was just really well, jarring for me. And and it, like it didn't seem like the shore trooper had like great reasoning either. It was just like, hey, right. you're you're kind of suspicious, and then like didn't yeah. really back it up. And Cassian was like, but I'm just a tourist. I'm a tourist. Like he said yeah, the words right. I'm a tourist like five times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even as he's getting choked out by the by the KX series protocol droid or whatever. You yeah. Know? So I mean, yeah, it was cool to see, you know, K two K2, SO or the the droid that, you know, is looks like K two SO, sure. Uh but then there's that and then like then he's in some type of, you know, uh arraignment where he has to get, you know, sentenced six years. You know, it's just it seems so quick that ending and you're just like okay yeah. and then here's Karn and then cut the black <laughs> what you know what happened you know so I think like I said I, I probably would have given it an A if it ended before those scenes but I mean because of that you know I'll, I'll bump it down a little bit to a B plus alright I locked myself into A minus right. uh, and I think this is only the second episode including episode 6 that I was in the A's I, th I can't remember if I gave episode six an A or an A minus, but um, I would say, and we've talked about this already, this this episode, but the tone of the episode, I enjoyed so much um, that I felt like that is worthy enough for me to put it in A, A minus, even though I just don't care about the Karn stuff. Yeah, The Cassian stuff at the end was weird. Um, it was the first time I felt like I actually cared about Miro, so that was that was something. Um, I feel like I can kind of see more of a direction for her character now. Um, in many ways, a lot of this grade is ultimately just me walking away from the episode uh, and feeling more excited for the rest of the show than I think I have at any other point. Maybe with the exception of after one, two, and three, just because it was new. Um. But I think what ultimately is the reason I can give it an A minus, Mon Mothma, Genevieve O'Reilly, 
is so good in this episode. <laughs> She's incredible. Like incredible. Carries hard carries this episode. Uh, yes. To the point where Cassian does not feel like the protagonist. <clears throat> like right, it, he feels this this episode. He feels like a secondary character, and um, like I don't care about it. Like yeah, I don't that's care what I that. Mean. Yeah. Not, not I don't care about Ander, but I don't care that he was completely upstaged by her. Like, yeah. If 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 the whole episode was Mon Mothma just literally flying through Coruscant, I would have been totally fine with it, you know, and <laughs> because that's how good she is. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I mean, I remember, and I think she has a, a deleted scene in one of the prequel movies, if I'm not mistaken, with Padme. Um, I think that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think from then on and to, to have her still there, I mean, it just, yeah. As a Star Wars fans, you you love to see that continuity of actors and all that. So, um, but yeah, e- even then, you, you you know, you had an idea like you know this is something special, but to see it now into to realization, yeah, they got it right with that actor for sure. So yeah. I I and I didn't like I said I didn't even not that I didn't care about Andor's story, but I was so um, engulfed in what was going on with Mon Mothma and. Uh, essentially, like I said, this is the beginning. This is the beginning of the rebellion. So, and it starts with her. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's it makes you kind of like sad that they didn't utilize her talents more because this is like the fifth Star Wars project she's done. Um, she was I, in Revenge of the Sith. She was in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. She was in, she's been in Rebels. She voiced uh Mon yeah. Mothma in Rebels. So, I mean, I'm probably forgetting something too, but. I mean, this is not a newcomer to Star Wars, and we, you know, we see her, like, being the, probably the single, in this episode, but kind of in the show, um, being, like, this singular driving force. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find myself caring about Mon Mothma as a character um, more than maybe even Andor at this point. Yeah, um, yeah. And, yeah. and I think a lot of it goes to we we have a history with Mon Mothma, you know, a longer history with, with Mon Mothma, I should say. Yeah. Um, just that character alone. So we know, you know, how important she is from the beginning to the end. Um, Andor, unfortunately, we know what happens to him pretty shortly after the series ends, you know. Um, so there isn't as much. And I mean, just in given in time, I mean, when did Rogue One come out in 2000? 15-ish area era, right? Yeah, so it was around there. Not not that long ago, you know, where Mon Mothma has been around since, you know, for way, way longer. And like you said, in many other animated series and other shows. So um, a staple to Star Wars for sure. Definitely. Yeah, we got, we got lots, uh, lots to look forward to in the last five episodes of the season. Um, one quick thing I will say... Um, Miro, I said this is like the most excited I've been about Miro uh, so far in the show. She is still the only, maybe not the only, but the the only character who I like really, really care about knowing this, um, whose motivations I feel like I still don't entirely understand. Right. There's this weird piece and- of me that's like, I feel like she's somehow working with the rebels. Um, right. And it doesn't, mm-hmm. it does, it's not like an obvious thing that that is like, there's just something different about her, and I feel like it's right. it would be an interesting character choice for her to just be this like incredibly motivated imperial officer, and that's like the entire depth of her character. 
mm-hmm. I just I I can't help but think she's somehow going to be involved with the rebels. Maybe I'm totally off on that guess, but right, that's right. how that's how I feel. I mean, at the end of it, she may be that the bad guy that we're looking for that we thought. Uh, yeah, and that could harm, be too. You know? That could be too. Yeah, and and I think that would that would also, you know, we from from the viewer side from you know being Star Wars fans, and I can't say this for everybody, but you know, a good portion of people want the good good guys to win. You know, the good guys in this sense would be you know in this case would be the rebel, the rebels the rebellion, um, but there are. But they got in order to have good guys, you have to have bad guys. Sure. So, um, to, um, to have her take that role, I think would be really good. And you know, obviously, we you know we would love to see the motivation. But one of the coolest things about Star Wars as a whole is that you could really be on any side of this and still, you know, you could you know you have people that are really passionate about the rebellion, about the Empire. Uh, the Mandalorians, the you know, and, and it can go in any you know any faction, you know, the bounty hunters, everything. You know, everyone has their their side that they they love to to back. Mm-hmm. And um, I you know personally, I would love to see her be the one um, that we have to worry about as part of the rebellion because she seems to be finding these patterns. She seems to be the one that is able to kind of look outside the box. Even um, that other general or the um, commanding officer that basically took her aside afterwards yeah um basically and gave her um the the um gave her um fen uh not fennec uh the wa- the guy that says watch your back to her yeah yeah watch her back right uh, yeah. uh major um, partigas partigas yeah how he you know he he you know basically he says like oh yeah maybe we should all do what she's doing you mm-hmm. know uh and kind of breaking the code or trying to figure out you know, let's think outside of the box and, you know, and I feel like she's gotten, now that she has his support, maybe she, now she's the next in line um, to be in that kind of role. Uh, and then that's who we have to worry about. A lot like um, in the Rebels series, was it the Rebels series that Governor Price was in? Do you remember who that was? Uh, um, yes. He was I with like so. Agent Callis. Yeah, Governor Price is kind of in that same vein where you, you had that person who was like kind of rising in the ranks on the empire side. Um, I could see that happen to her as well. So I, if, if that's where she ends up, I think that would be good for her role for sure. Lots to uh, be excited about and look forward to. Yep. Uh, less than a week, Joey, before tales of the Jedi drops. Uh, how excited uh, are you? I, I'm pumped. <laughs> I mean, if I wasn't already excited just to have more Star Wars in general, now we get to have this six-episode series on... I mean, because, you know, we were talking about how we want Andor to be kind of encapsulated away from Jedi and Sith and the Force, but then they just drop this six-episode Yeah, um, We're so deprived from on... it that we're just like, oh, give it, give it to us. <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know, like, we weren't even... I mean, before they announced it at was it at D twenty three? Is that where they announced it? Where they were having? I think it? that's right. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know it was like in development or anything, and to have Ashley Eckstein back as the voice of Ahsoka and um, something like. And I am, I am listening, re-listening to uh, Dooku, the the the, the audio, audible book or the audio book. Oh yeah, Jedi Lost. Um, Jedi Lost. Yeah. So I am listening to that again just so I can catch up a little bit again or refresh my memory on where he where his story is. But yeah, I mean, 
yeah, I'm super excited for that. Um, we got a lot, a lot to talk about in the next couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, I'm, I am here for it. Yeah, more than likely gonna be one more than one episode of the pod next week. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see whether we choose to incorporate the tales of the Jedi and Andor stuff all into one episode or not. Um, but regardless of whether it's one episode or two, um, we will definitely be covering both shows as uh, we are both excited, uh, particularly for the premiere of, of Tales of the Jedi. Uh, and then obviously, again, down the, down the line, we'll, we'll be covering the new season of Mando and Ahsoka. And I don't know when the Acolyte is slated to come out, but I'm also oh, yeah. super pumped for that one too. But uh, anyways... Lots to be excited for. Tales of the Jedi in a week and or episode eight also next week. Uh, hope to have you listening for that one as well. Thanks for listening to this one. We really appreciate it. If you're not following us over on Twitter at Hoth Hangout, you can tweet at us and ask us any questions in regard to the episodes or just otherwise about anything really. Uh, feel free to shoot us a message over on the Twittersphere. Twitter? Twittersphere? <laughs> uh, we can do it. We can make it happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, if you like, you can also email us at hothhangout at gmail.com. And uh, hello to everyone watching this on YouTube. Hello. Hello, YouTube. Hi, hi. Uh, you can <laughs> you can listen to the Hoth Hangout podcast uh, either on YouTube and comment down below if you've got any questions. Or you can listen on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Joey, any last uh, thoughts before we sign off? Man, I love Star Wars. <laughs> I do as well. I do as well, my friend. Uh, much love again to everyone listening. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, afternoon, or evening, whatever time you may be listening. And may the Force be with you. <laughs>